When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. website for details. Hey, it's the podcast guy. Something about the Talk Time on podcast. It's the Southern Podcast. Hello there and welcome to an extra episode of Sutton United Talk Time on podcast. I'm your host Mike and I'm delighted to say that today joining me is Matt Gray. Hi Matt, how are you? Yeah, good thanks Mike, yourself? <laughs> yeah, very well thank you. Nice and busy uh, few weeks for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And <laughs> um, Before we start, I'm just going to make a quick mention to everyone as I always do and um, the ways to support the show you can find out more on the website or drop me a message at uh, suttonpodcast.gmail.com or at Sutton Podcast on any of the socials. Now, it was my intention to try and do a mid-season review, but that kind of fell right in the middle of the transfer window, and I absolutely bottled it and wasn't doing it. So I was like, no, no, no. Um, so instead, it's, it's a two-third season review, and um, that, that's now a thing. We're going to do we're doing it, so we're now making it a thing. Um, let's start with the transfer window. Um, a bit of a busy one uh, this, this time around. And to a few different fans... Um, being judged on the high standards this season has been this, this one's business has been a possibly a little bit up from the summer what was what was your your thought process behind some of the players that we've identified that we wanted to strengthen and when do you decide it's time to that you want to replace someone and move them on no names please if possible <laughs> <laughs> no it's um <laughs> yes yeah, it, it was um a busy transfer window comings and goings uh, uh, both ends and um, I felt we needed to be done. I felt the squad needed to be freshened up. Going into the window, 
I was really happy with where we were going um, in terms of the turnaround in results, getting the injured players closer to fitness and a couple coming back. Um, the likes of obviously Butman and Smith and, and Goodliffe not being far away coming into the start of January, um, who are three massive players for us um, that I thought, um, yeah, to, to the timing of the window with our, our progression of results and, uh, and where we were going, I felt we were given the squad and the club and, and everyone a real boost. And, and to, to get David Adjaboy over the line as, as the first one certainly did that. Um, but uh, a little bit disappointed with with where he's at fitness-wise coming to us. He hasn't played many games, so we just had to get him up to speed. But I just felt um, as well, maybe a couple hadn't worked out in that first half of the season. For nobody's fault, um, really. But I just felt that, that, that certain areas needed to be freshened up, and especially at the top end of the pitch. Um, and Kwame couldn't get into the team and wanted to, to crack on and, and play games. So we felt that was the best move for him to go and progress his career. Charlie Kendall didn't really work out. But, um, yeah, to, to bring the likes of of, uh, of Matt Dennison, Leanne Gohl, Ish Kasamu from, from Farnborough, um, he's not quite fit yet, a slight injury, which we knew about when we signed him, but he'll certainly come in and had competition as well. So so they were they were good signings, and obviously we had a goalkeeper as well, goalkeeper in, goalkeeper out. Um, and, uh, yeah, just uh, freeing Aaron Pierre up to go and play some games as well, but brought, brought really into to go and get the shirt and uh, with Ben Goodis' injury, but unfortunately he got a really bad injury in the Tramir game. So, it's, yeah, there's, there's some that just didn't work out for whatever reasons. And I felt that where we were going with results and uh, uh, and team spirit and the, the mood and around the whole club, I felt to have a little bit of an active window would certainly be a big boost for the second half of the season. And so far, so good. And I feel it's had that that impact we all wanted. Yeah, I mean, it's, this is a little plug. Um, just spoken to an ex-player of ours called Danny Bolt, um, which is going to be released fairly soon. And just in that conversation, it was like the realisation that you sometimes forget that footballers are people and you think, yeah, they're doing it for this person, therefore it must work out that they're doing it here. And it, it just doesn't always work out like that, does it? It's, it's um, <laughs> the grown men coming into, into a, a work environment, which can be quite daunting because it's a fairly healthy dressing room. <laughs> yeah. yeah and and when they're coming into a squad that all knows how we play and they're trying to catch up to speed very quickly on, on how we do things on and off the ball and uh and how we play exactly exactly and and uh yeah and also everyone has their personal circumstances of 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 what they uh, where they're at at that stage of their career and, and what they're trying to do and as you say sometimes it doesn't overly work out um, but that's football, that's, that's what we're in it and it's not the first time it's happened, I'm sure it won't be the last but uh, you know, the, the, all good lads, all good people and you know, never know, you might bump along uh, into them further down the road so they leave all on good terms but um, I think it was right for him to, to move on and, and to freshen the squad up. So again, not giving away any secrets, these are hard questions to ask because obviously some things you don't want to give away but what's the thought process kind of behind identifying targets how do you decide between player A and player B um, for for what you want? No, it's a good question. It's uh, many factors, really. Um, and, it, and it all probably depends on everyone's an individual of that position that we require at the time, of the circumstances of, of who we're looking for them to either replace, how we're looking for them to either strengthen the team. I do feel that location is a, is a big factor um, as well. And... Don't get me wrong, we have got players who have 
have relocated and, and moved away from from where they are either up north or whatever and, and and settled more in london but to have family friends around them and still be settled at home uh, and maybe that was a, a big strong case of signing leanne go as well who is as we know a sutton boy and to get back home um from from playing up in bradford was a you know a massive pull for him a local club and and the player that we obviously admire and, and think really highly of as well so there's that there's obviously financial implications as well there's there's juggling the budget there's working it all out so uh, um yeah i'm a bookkeeper as well as a manager and and, uh, and uh making sure that we can uh that every penny is spent wisely and and what we let go out we can um bring in and, and try and make it as, as cost neutral as you like as possible which uh we we near on i have uh, i think if we, we can get a, maybe a couple of loans out in the next couple of weeks we certainly will be the right side of things so um yeah there, there's lots of factors to be honest and it, and it is all unique on that situation but as i've said to you before um with, with terry bullivan director of football but obviously a main role of that being in the head of recruitment as well uh, john davis our analyst is very heavily on the recruitment side of things as well as preparing us for the opposition so um so yeah, it's uh, um, something that we constantly work on is our recruitment and having potentials for for all aspects. And even though we're we're mid February now, we're even looking at summer recruitments already, and, and we're drawing up lists already for the end of the season, um, and having that plan in place. Because uh, yeah, window to window, you can't stand still. So one closes, and we're already planning for the next one, uh, and and drawing up those short lists to to tick the right boxes or as many boxes as possible. To sign that right player for that right position at the time okay that's lovely phrasing because the next one i've written down is what's kind of an acceptable turnover of players to find the right one um so because obviously there's a limited pool of players we're a small club um we haven't got the money as, as everyone knows you can't just go yeah you something united calling come over to us you've got to pick the right person and it's not always going to work out um so have you got a kind of a thing in mind of I'm willing to go through 20 players, 30 players to get the right one, or yeah, that's a bit high, it's a bit high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, I think I, I've talked about this before as well. Is the most important thing is why are they come into something, what are their reasons, what's their hunger, what's their drive, what's their ambition. I don't want anyone on the way down thinking, Oh, this will do me uh, for another year or two before I pack it in. I want. I want people coming to, to play for us with a hunger and a desire for whatever their reason is. So it's not saying I won't sign a, an, a, an aging player, if you like. No, because, um, you know, I met Rob Milson when, when I first got the job and uh, he was the other side of 30, but his hunger, his enthusiasm, his drive was as strong as ever. And I could tell that when I met him uh, at the ground. So uh, it, it's getting a feel for the person. It's getting a feel for the reasons and what, what their drivers and what motivates them. Uh, to come and play for us and uh, and want to be successful for us because um, I'm certainly not standing still and I'm, I've got more hunger and drive than ever. Um, so I want I want like-minded people and I want people to come and play for me with that that burning desire to get results and and be be successful like we have done over the last few years. Okay, don't don't write it off though. Someone saying this will do because I'm I'm pretty sure that's what Easty said when he, he walked through the door <laughs> in September time. Oh, I need a club that'll do. <laughs> yeah, and, and, he, and he might have done, but. Obviously, certainly the Craig Eastman I know. Uh, that that's certainly changed. And if if, if anyone I ever inherited as a manager or or signed and they went that way, then you know we'd be shaking hands and moving on. I want everyone with that that hunger and, and drive to to go and succeed. Okay. And um, so I've been saying quite a lot because obviously 
goals this season have been a little bit hard to come by. And people saying, well, we need to change this person and that person. We need this player and that player. And I'm like, well, hang on a minute. If we find a player that bangs in 30 goals a season for us, am I right in saying we're not going to be holding on to that player for very long because someone else is going to be coming along and going, yes, thank you very much. Come up to the championship or, or whatever. Um, is that always a fear? Um, no, but it's not fear because it, it means we've, we've done something right uh, and been successful on another level. You know, we've, we've gone and recruited a player who we might sell on and, and move further up the pyramid. And that's another success story for Sutton United and, and also helps us in the, the longer run when you're trying to sign players and it gives you that added little bit of tool to say, look, look what we've done with so-and-so. We've, we've signed them from there and played with us for X amount of seasons and scored goals or did this or did that. And, and now they're moving up. Um, and, you know, we've already been on, on the right side of that a couple of times, uh, a few times. So um, it's not a worry, it's not a fear, that's a, that's a form of success. Um, but 30 goals a season, yeah, everyone wants them, don't they? So, uh, But I'm, I'm not massive, and I say this to my strikers as well, is uh, I'm really not big on their goal return. I don't put pressure on the strikers. Um, I haven't got the exact figures in front of me. Um, when we won the National League, I don't know what our top scorer was, was but it certainly wasn't 15. probably wasn't even 12. Um, you know, there, there was Tanto, Omar's, Donovan Wilson's, the main three strikers of that season. I doubt any of them got over 12 um, league goals. Um, as I said, I might be wrong, but um, no, I, I don't think they did. So we've gone and won the National League with... One of the, and again, I should know, shouldn't I? It's uh, poor for me. This is uh, um, how many goals we scored in, you know, were we the top scorers in the division? Certainly in the top three, without a doubt. And we didn't have a goal scorer more than 12. Um, because as long as my strikers are doing the job that I require for them to do for, for the team, then I know the goals will come from all over. Um, we have lacked a little bit of quality at times this year. David coming back, look, scored two already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, scored two already. And, and even Ben Goodliffe coming back, who's such a threat from set pieces, where Joe Kizzy's played a lot of the games at centre-half, uh, the aerial threat that we are in the, uh, the um, opposition box, sometimes we can, you, can, uh, you can be sending Louis John, Goody, um, obviously Kizzy, Omar, who are they picking up in in what order? You know, exactly. and it'll certainly free up, and there'll be a mismatch somewhere. Um, and and Joe's got a lot of goals last year, hasn't scored as many this year, but probably because of that, and and us not being as threatening physically, aerially in the opposition box, and Joe's certainly been one of our major threats for them to work out. But suddenly we're bringing Goodlifts back in, Ali Smiths back in, yeah. adding different aerial dimensions in the opposition box, and and now teams are struggling to pick up you know, which one do they want to pick up, you know, in which order. So um, there's many ways we score goals over over the years, and I certainly don't put it down to the strikers. Um, but, uh, no, as a whole, I think if our strikers are doing the right things for the team, generally we as a team will score goals. And, and hopefully that, um, with the strikers, strikers we've signed second half of the season, will make a big difference and, and get us back scoring goals, which of recent weeks, touch wood, has not been <laughs> fast teammates, which was a... Uh, a very close and scrappy game. Yeah. I mean, last season, I know, I think Ali was top with 10, but I'm pretty sure one of them was an own goal. So it doesn't really count. Not yeah. an own goal for us. Uh, it clipped someone on the way. So yeah, exactly last season, it was spread out everywhere. Um, well, a similar thing, so player development, obviously we're bringing in players 
who are being let go or we've tempted away for whatever reason to Sutton, um, they're not all going to be polished, finished articles. Um, and there's only a finite amount of time and resources. So what, what kind of approach do you and the guys take about deciding what to um, sort of prioritise in terms of development? So um, I, I hate digging things out or saying things, but when Jack first came into the team, his kicking wasn't the strongest. But now it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's clearly been working, working hard on that. So at what point do you go, right, I want you to concentrate on A, B, C. How, how, how do you kind of prioritise these? Yeah, we'll just um, literally break it down into individual compartments and uh, and positions and, and what we require and what I believe uh, gets success success uh, and, and what the boxes have to be ticked from all, from all 11 players. And, and um, you know, we were blessed with, with Dean Bazanis' distribution previous two seasons, um, but I feel Jack is a top goalkeeper and you just look at some of his saves he's made, has been world-class, you know, so... Uh, Jack's kicking at the start of the season. I agree, but like you say, we've we've certainly highlighted it with Jack and the little goalkeeping coach has been working really hard with it. Uh, and you can read the rewards of of the emphasis of what we want, the quality, the area, the flight of the ball, um, and everything. And, and Jack's really taken that on board, and he's he's been different class for us. So, yeah, it, it's really breaking down and doing a lot of work and uh, crossing the finishing and patterns and certain crosses and and uh, certain areas where we want our strikers and opposite winger and midfield runners getting into the box. And again, that's really, um, even in the first minute of Hartlepool, Ali Smith's late run, you know, the sort of things we work on. We're working in the box, getting down the side and, and cutting back. And I'm thinking, oh, there's a training ground goal here and obviously bubbles off the post. But uh, <laughs> um, but uh, no, it, it's, it's, it's things, yeah, like you say, it's, it's myself, Jace, Mickey, the, the rest of the staff really, analysing where we can improve the individuals or the units, which would in turn obviously improve our team. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we spoke last time. It was the beginning of the season. And we were sweet summer children, full of hope. Um, and then injuries. Just horrendous, horrendous injuries. Um I'd have, an off, just before one of the games, an off-the-record quick chat with Bruce and obviously, you know, I suppose Terry, and they both said, with all their years of experience, they both said they've never seen injuries like it where it's long-term for similar positions. Um, does that help you when you're struggling, when you're like, okay, this is a really weird situation, it's not, it's unprecedented almost. Um, does it make you feel any better or is it still as frustrating as it clearly is? must be? Yeah, I think that... The frustrating part is, no, you, I've been in football long enough that it is part and parcel and you've got to accept it. It is probably, it is the worst I've known and the worst I've spell I've been involved in um, for 16, 17 years as either assistant or a manager. Um, but it is and it does happen. And uh, I felt last year um, we just got caught up a little bit around the time in between the semi-final and the final one of Papa John's. Just a few little niggly, nothing major, muscle injuries. And I was really conscious that I wanted to stamp that out for next year. 
Um, and I put that down to training ground because we didn't have one. We now do. And I, I put that down to also trying to improve uh, or add as well to, to the staff. Um, I was certainly happy with all my staff last year, but I just wanted to improve things. So I wanted to come in and help Craig Dundas uh, with the strength and distance. Craig does all the warm-ups and still joins in training. Um, and, you know, he's still a valuable part of what we're doing. And, and, and every now and again, get some minutes on the pitch. But to bring Sean Miles in, who's um, been unbelievable since he's come in, um, a, a massive part of the staff and has really uplifted everything. Uh, and then bringing, bringing in... Um, uh, Ali Vogelzang in as well was here before when I first came to the club um, to help with with Bobby and Kat and, and I've got Ben Ginners and my assistant physio as well and to really help with the medical team because we've got a, a big squad because we have to in the football league now so it can't just be just be Bobby and and Kat back in the national league days we need pairs of hands and we need expertise and we need knowledge and we need as much of that as we can get on that medical and strength conditioning and and Ali and Sean have been huge parts of, of, of turning it around and what I wanted to, to bring to us so I bring in Ali, Sean and the new training ground I really felt that that's really going to help our injury situation this season um, off the back of last year um, and touch wood it has in terms of muscle injuries and all what we picked up it's it, we look we fit strong our training methods everything is taking us on to another level but you you can't excuse and then nobody can you can have the best training ground in the world you can have the best medical broken legs cruciate injuries hernias all what we can know and and what the unfortunately our players have suffered are literally unpreventable and it's nothing we can do about them but unfortunately they all came at the same time all came at the same time all big injuries to big players and all came at the same time so it's not it, the frustrating thing is I've got to wait till January for one to get most of them fit and two to to uh, to be able to freshen it up in the window as well. So we were going through a tough time, but I'd like to think I'm pretty level. Uh, and even when we're doing well and everything's great, I don't really get carried away because I know it can soon turn. Um, and just you know stay focused on the on the job in hand. But on the flip side of it, it's no different to yeah, we're struggling, we're scrapping around it, keep trying to put points on the road, uh, points on the board, sorry, sorry and because uh, I do know it will turn and and, and it will, uh, and it, you know, it will turn around the corner very quickly and uh, give us those players back, freshen us up. Can we dig in till January, lads? Can we keep grinding and putting results on the board, which we did do? So to come out of, um, you know, this is fourth season as a manager and, and all have been so different, but to be sitting where we are now, after what we've had done in the first half of the season is as a whole, as a football club, as all the staff and all the players as one is a, is an incredible achievement to be, to be sitting where we are and right in the mix with 16 games to go. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a few little bits there. Um, yeah. There were some questions raised about what the hell's going on in training. I'll be tackling with four transit vans. And then you came out in an interview and you sort of reeled off all the injuries I can't remember who it was against, but you revealed all the injuries and where they'd occurred. And it was like, oh, yeah, that was on the pitch. That was on the pitch. And I think it was just Josh had taken a knock on the training ground. And Josh was the only one. Um, and you'd reeled them out. And it was like, oh, OK, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And I did actually bump into Catherine one morning. Um, it was not long after John's. 
and I was like, oh, how's it going? She's like, it's, it's a nightmare. It is an absolute nightmare. I said, oh, do you need the ticket machine yet? Is it getting to that stage where you, you can't see people? She said, I've had to turn people away. I've had to tell people, no, come back tomorrow. I've got no room, <laughs> go away. Um, so it, it, it was amazing. Um, you've kind of mentioned the recovery times. Um, but is it all down to the, the players' attitude or the staff or a mix of both? Or, or, I mean, some of the, some of them, I've seen John walking around uh, uh, last weekend, I think it was. It's insane. And Ben, every day, for the first few games when he came back, he was turning and twisting his knees, cringing away from the, from the pitch. But how they recovered so well? I think it was only Matt that had a slight delay. And I think you mentioned it, Matt had a setback. And I think that was the first time you've actually mentioned a setback in, in their recovery. Yeah, yeah. It's, you look at probably the, the, the two worst ones or the longest term ones we've, we've had is obviously John Barden and Ben Goodliffe. Um, two massive players for us. John's been outstanding since I've been at the club and uh, such a horrific injury. But even me going to see him in the Stevenage Hospital an hour after the game, he's sitting in the hospital bed going, I'll be back. You know, I, you know his, his mindset an hour after it's happened is I'm focused on on giving myself the best opportunity of trying to return to football after what is a horrific injury. And, and if anyone's going to be able to do it, and touch what he can, and and you know, I really pray that he can. That that it's going to be John, and and such a strong mentality, and, and such a professional, and he will live his life from that moment uh, to give himself the best opportunity to to get back onto a football pitch. Um, and 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 you know, I'm looking forward to really seeing him progress over the coming weeks and months. By the way, it's still going to be a hell of a long road from yeah. now. So, um, you know, we really wish well, John, well, of, of one of the worst injuries unfortunately I've seen you know so Ben Goodliffe our player of the year swept up all the awards last year 30 minutes into the season crucial injury you know no one can help that yes yeah, it's, it's just what happens um and again I, and I've been there myself uh, with injuries and seeing different people react in different ways and I, and I said to Goody when we found out the news a few days later once we got scan results back I said listen mate I said you can go and sit on the beach for two weeks if you want just clear your head go and get some sun relax you can't do anything not like you can do. Just go and have a, a bit of a chill and come back in. Do, do what you need. You basically you can do what you need to do. Uh, next morning, is in the gym at seven o'clock at the training ground. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Didn't do a lot, but what he did do, he, he was did. doing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and then it got better and better. And I like to get in early in the training grounds, as does all the staff. Uh, and we're normally in the training ground for half seven. Uh, he's there at seven o'clock in the gym, and he still is now. He's kept that going. Uh, mm. And again, the mentality, the the desire to, to get back um, is only credit to him um, because his attitude and has been first class. So when you say, is it him or the medical staff, then you go and back it up with the medical staff. Mm. With all the guys that I've just mentioned there to give him the day-to-day -day support um, of, of really, he's certainly going to have some tough days mentally and physically, and he's going to have some good days as well, but just keep him positive and keep him driving on. Uh, to that, get to that end goal of, of coming back and, and playing again and, and credit to all of those medical staff that I've mentioned uh, not long ago. No, he's, he's a, a brilliant insane because some of the injuries is like, oh, are we, are we going to see them again? Um, and then just see him more. I, I happened to be there when um, John drove in, had a quick chat with him then, and then I was doing something else, so I had a quick chat with him then, and then um, young Bruce wanted to have a chat with him, so I had a chat with him, and it ends up about five times and he was answering the same questions, like, you just need to get this laminated to hand out to everyone to say how you're doing and so on. 
Um, but also you mentioned how well we're doing or what chance we've given ourselves at this stage of the season. Um, I looked it up, it's actually yesterday, last year, that we passed the 50 point mark. Um, and with the first part of the season that we've had, can you actually believe that we're that close to the magic 50 points um, at, at this stage? And also how was important, how important is it to you that everyone, yourself, your staff, the chairman, the fans, all buy into that 50 point mantra. I know a lot of people laugh at us, but we all just buy into that whole 50 point. Yeah, it was, um, when did you say it was yesterday? Yesterday, I think it was, yeah. Do you know how many games that was? I think we're about three. I can't remember. That was on the, I, I have it on a spreadsheet, but it's the one at work. Yeah, I try it. Listen, we got it there last year very quickly, didn't we? Because we are doing so well. We had a little bit of a, a a dip between the semi-final and the final because of those injuries and that's what I wanted mm -hmm. to eradicate this year um, and drops a, a fair few points in that little period um, but I feel we're in a lot fitter stronger state than we are this time last year we might be behind and we are behind on the points tally that we were last year but as you say it's not going to be by much um, and then with that with that dip of form we had last year with where we are this year we just got to keep putting results on the on the board here because I don't think I don't think we're going to be far away and uh, uh, we've learned a, a hell of a lot in our season and a half in the football league and uh, and to be where we are as a group forty one points now um, and we always say as you say we've all bought into the fifty points because it's not guaranteed I know clubs have gone down with fifty one before but more often than not the large percentage of the times if you get 50 you're, you're in the division and mm. even this year i think 45 46 and you're in the division so i have for a few weeks now not been looking behind or looking at the table or looking at the tallies i'm just literally and I'm, I'm still not doing it as in behind i'm still not really looking up much to be honest i don't mm. care about the games i don't really care how many points we are off the playoffs right now we're just looking to go and beat swindon tomorrow yeah. and back it up with another result against doncaster and just keep seeing where it takes us. Let's get to 10 games to go, see how far away we are and have a, a real good push. And, and one thing I do know, and hopefully we haven't and don't sustain any more injuries, is if we can stay injury-free and be in the mix and, and touching distance with 10 games to go, the way how fit we are and how strong we are and uh, how good we're looking um, will certainly be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I know, um, I know Gab Sutton on his... Uh, his prediction at the start of the season, he had us quite sort of low down. I think we not relegation, but we're quite low down, 20 or something like that. And then um, when he reviewed it mid-season, before we started picking up points, I think he put us up to 15, 16. I was like, hang on a minute. What, what on earth has made you move us up places? And he said, the injuries you've had and the way you've come through them, with all those players coming back, you're, you're going to start flying up the table. Um, and at that point... I started looking at the points away from relegation and then adding them on and going, well, actually, if we if we have to worry about these points down here, if we add them on, we're not that far behind up there either. So um, I think we would be in the automatics if we'd added on the points as well. So we're definitely mid-table. Um, but lots of teams have a late run. Um, we did the opposite of last season. We kind of were stuttering a little bit because of the injuries. This season, we stuttered at the start and we're going to... Hopefully, finish strong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's true because I, I hear people, and I get the second season syndrome. I get mm -hmm. what people 
people mean by that. But it does annoy me because I think, well, Hartlepool have known us for four years and for half an hour on Saturday, they couldn't handle us. So, yeah. <laughs> they're four-season syndrome and, and, you know, we're completely dominated. So, um, I, I, I just want to, yeah, I just want to drive on. I want to feel as, finish as high as we possibly can this season and what will be, will be. Uh, but whatever happens this season, wherever we do finish, I do know we're going to be in a really good place come the start of next season. Yeah, I mean, Andy Kay um, has said quite frequently when I've had him on is that with the injuries we've had, if we were to get up into top 10, um, this season should be considered more of a success than last season because of what we've had to overcome. Um, so it, 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 there is obviously lots of different ways of looking at it. And me and Andy are very, very positive pro, pro, pro all the time. <laughs> Always look at the bright side of everything. Um, but yeah, um, but there was no getting away from it. There was quite a few games that we were um, conceding some late goals. And I know you said you try and keep level-headed, but there was at least one interview you just looked utterly shell-shocked and genuinely upset, not even angry, just like, what the hell is going on? I even let, I think I even messaged you, checking that, are you okay? <laughs> um, so how were you kind of co- as trying to keep as level-headed as possible, but how are you kind of coping with, oh, my God, it's happened again? Because it would be funny, they, they, they're, not, they're not players that would normally do that. They, they, they keep their focus on them. Why and how were teams managing to attack us in those last few minutes and get away with it? Yeah, I really wish I had the answer. Um, I mean, it hasn't happened recently and I hope it doesn't. No, um, no. And <laughs> I, I just believe sometimes, you know, you might just go through through spells of, of having your rubber to green or, or not. Um, and, you know, you maybe look at the National League season, Torquay couldn't stop scoring last-minute winners. They just kept yeah. scoring last-minute winners. And we were like, God, they've done it again. They've done it again. And then suddenly we have our little spell with about 10 games to go. Suddenly it starts clicking for us. We weren't doing anything different. You know, a few late goals and Yeovil at home, Bromley at home. You know, some some big goals at big moments that, that saw us over the line um, and, and got big points for us. And then, of course, no one wants to concede late goals. Um, of course you don't. But... Again, you then really sit back and try and analyse it. Are they the same players making mistakes? No. Are they the same type of goals? No. Are they coming from a certain area of the pitch? No. Is it, oh, it's just dropped, oh, it's just dropped there. Oh, goal. And, and is it a mentality thing? Are we weak mentally? No. Is it fitness levels? No. Although maybe that could be the most, one you or the the one you could possibly go down because I was maybe calling on squad players who maybe hadn't played as many minutes because of the injuries you had at the time mm-hmm. and whatever. But yeah, I just think it was a little run we went through, uh, and, and and so far we haven't had one for a hell of a long time. And and uh, and hopefully we get a few swing our way now, like we did at Jim. Exactly. I was just about to say we're going to get all the, the late ones now. It'll even itself up with. And they always say things even themselves out over a season. So <laughs> back exactly. on the Prozac again. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, so, again, without giving an awful lot away, um, what, what's kind of the process for planning and preparations for a game? Sort of how far in advance do you start looking, for example, at, at Swindon? Um, do you do we focus on stopping their strengths or exploiting their weaknesses or, or sort of a, a mix of the two? Yeah, good question. It's um, if I was our, our week, our week tends to be if I was, was going to go through our week, um, or it would be uh, without a Tuesday game. Let's say it's a, a Monday in, um, and we we uh, all the players that have well, everyone goes out to train, and all the players that have played on the Saturday started and play it will do like a half session so they'll come out and just get their legs going nothing too taxing but they're out of fresh air they get the feel of the ball and just getting their legs going again and then they'll be back inside uh, and getting you know, stretching sessions and bikes and uh, massage etc just uh, to really like a second day recovery they call it nowadays uh, the ones who didn't play will will extend and, and uh, just do an extended session if you like now the Tuesdays and the Wednesdays we train are really focused on us focused on how we play um, with big fitness in mind. They're two big fitness days, but they're, at, but they're also, as well as us working on our fitness, it is game-related situations to how we are on the ball. So we're certainly looking at Saturday and, and or, or, or just how we play generally, maybe slight tweaks against different systems. Um, and Tuesday tends to be a, a bigger day with bigger areas and a lot more sprinting in. Um, and the lads really work hard on Tuesdays. So then for the big areas that we train in on a Tuesday, on the Wednesday we come in and work really short, sharp, and get you know some real tight areas. And, and again, hard work, but more in intense areas. And then Thursday is a rest day for the players. And then that's when me, Jace, Mickey, uh, that's our video day. So that's, our analy- that's when we analyse the opposition. And we all do that on our own. That's the way I like to do it. You know, we mm-hmm. sit there together. We all, we all do that on our own. Um, and then we come in on the Friday morning and we'll have a meeting uh, at 8 o'clock on the opposition. So we will um, system, style, and we're very detailed um, on, on what we're looking for um, while the game's obviously in play, shape for, shape against, attacking half, defensive half, etc. Um, but also really big on um, the ball is actually in play probably on average about two-thirds of the game. So a third of the game, the ball is dead and it's waiting to come into play, wherever that may be, throwing free kick, corner, goal kick, whatever. Um, and I like and want us to be as organised from for and against on every time, wherever that ball is dead. And I want to know what we're doing, what they want to do, and if they want to do something... I want to try and stop it. And um, I will also then look at our strengths of how we might be able to exploit a certain area of a free kick, a throw in, whatever. Um, so there is a hell of a lot of detail that goes into it that me uh, and Jason Mickey will go through on the, on the Friday morning. Um, with obviously the, the additional Andy Little, obviously, is a huge part of that as well. Um, Terry and, and John sits in. So we, uh, we go through it all as a as a large group of staff, really. Um, and then, then we will do what we call like a walkthrough uh, where we'll, before training, go outside. And I'm not a massive one for classroom-based um, 
video sessions because and I don't want to be general, <laughs> very general here with footballers, but I speak for myself then. I, I, I didn't want to be at school and I didn't want to sit in the classroom and I wanted to go outside and play football all the time. Kick a ball, yeah. <laughs> all the time. So uh, I used to switch off if I was maybe in a classroom environment and I feel footballers can do the same. So if I'm now sitting down indoors and put a plasma up in front of them, I can see them get glazed over. So I like to go and talk to them about the opposition outside in the fresh air stand on a piece of grass with a with a round ball rolling yeah. around. So we'll go and we'll go and do all our, our bits on on that um on the opposition and walk through the key points that we have to. So that the main work is done on the Thursday with the videos and then the information is given to the players on a Friday without the ball mm. uh, before training. And then once we get into training, we'll then work uh, at full speed with the ball against the mannequins. Uh, set up in their formation of certain patterns and drills that we're looking to get out of of any situation I've just said there. Uh, and then on the Saturday, uh, again, I will we'll talk a little bit about us at the start um, when I see them at half one. And I'll talk about and confirm the opposition once I get the team sheet at quarter to two. So I do two small talks on a match day, um, gearing up into the game. So um, so then when, when we go on to the Tuesday, it was, um, it was straight away yesterday into our Sunday was was videos days on uh, Swindon, uh, as well as looking at, uh, always look at our last game back as well. So we watched the full game back of anything we felt we could have done better. And then obviously watch uh, all we all we watch of, of the opposition leading into Tuesday's game as well. And, and then the players were prepared this morning, ready for tomorrow night's game. So this is, there's a couple on there as well. This is why we're, we're quite cagey with information about missing players. Um, because obviously, if we were to say that player X is out for however long, that means that you could then go, ah, well, we know he's not playing, and it just helps you focus the, the training um, or the talking a little bit. Yeah. Um, also, I'd, I'd like to say the impromptu training session you, that was put on a few weeks ago um, on the on the unfit pitch um, was illuminating, but I, I didn't have a clue what was going on. Um, <laughs> It was just the players running in from one position, then they're out, and then they're in, and they're off the pitch. And I was like, I said, I'd, I'd like to say I was an eye opener, but I, I didn't actually have a clue what was going on with all the different players coming on, running off. It seems to be like two teams of 12, but only eight was on the pitch at the same time. Um, but you were watching everything. You were watching the players as the balls went off. The players were running to go and get it, um, which I thought was really odd because I've had Sunday league teams and no one wants to go off and get the play and the balls and stuff. Yeah, is that the heavy session or would that be just a, a normal everyday session? Because it seemed quite heavy to me. The players, yeah, no, obviously, from thinking, yeah, it's frozen off, we've got a day off. Yeah, it, it, it was uh, yeah, certainly a heavy one because they were having a Sunday off and then we were ready to go on a Monday. So they did work hard that day. Um, but yeah, that would have been an example of a bigger area of counter-attacking, of overloads and, and trying to uh, yeah create good opportunities and, and, and when it matters, taking those chances, which was uh, which was good on the day. And uh, glad you half half enjoyed it, even though you didn't know what was going on, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> enjoyed it, yes. But I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Silly things. Like they, when it finished, they got up, they got the nets and they started carrying the nets away. And I'm like, hang on, these are professional footballers. Um, but there's no sort of prima donnas there at all. They just have to pack everything away as, as they're using it. I mean, that isn't everywhere, I'll be honest. No, it's not. Um, but I, I, I certainly wouldn't have it any other way. Well, what am I going to do it, Mike? You know, so, <laughs> so it's, uh, it's a rule to be set up. Everyone, 
Um, I would just gonna leave it for the kit man. I would just bring all the bibs in, the cones in, and the balls and everything like that. No chance. Uh, we're all as together. We're all as a team. So um, we'll bring the goals in, the bibs folded the right way. And I'm, I'm like that on a match day as well in the change room. The kit for players folded the right way when they take it off. Socks the right way, shorts the right way. I'm really big on um, those sort of things, respect, morals, and and uh, why should someone else do it for you when you can do it yourself? And uh, no, we, we work hard and, and everyone buys into that. And that's really important for, for what we are. Um Against Crawley, I think it is very soon. You're coming up to a moment where you've taken charge of more League Two games that, uh, than you have of National League games. I think it's 80 National League games because the season cut short, and then it will be 81 against Crawley. And then very soon after, it's coming up to your four-year anniversary. Um, I've been kind of happily telling everyone that you feel this job and we feel this job is just started. The project's just started, and there's there's more to come. But probably should give you a say on it. Um, <laughs> You are one of the longest-serving EFL managers, which is insane. I, I spoke to a Swindon guy, and he said in eight years they've not had a manager get to more than 100 games, which is only two seasons. But it, am I right? Do you still feel like this is the start of the project? Definitely. <laughs> it, it, it's been a, a brilliant for you. I didn't know that stat about Crawley. I didn't know how many games I've managed in the league. That's, that's interesting <laughs> to know. It's an unbelievable four years coming up this season. You know, Let's hope, hopefully we continue this success that we're having. Um, but I'm as driven and as hungry as ever uh, to get more success um, for, for everyone, for the whole club. And yeah, th- since we've got promoted into the Football League, wow, we just look at what, what, what we're doing and the, and the first 18 months. And it's only really since before Christmas where I actually starting to feel like I am more just the manager as the first AD2 club. So it's been the period. It's now settling down. As I said, I couldn't be happier with my staff, uh, the training, around for everything's in place now, and uh, I'm so excited for what the future holds for us. And uh, as I said, we are Sutton United. And we're totally respectful of the league that we're in, um, but I'm not standing still. And nor is the football club. And the board are so supportive, and are so back in. And, and with the board, us, the supporters, the sponsors, everyone is so united. And I'm so hungry to for success. And uh, I'm fortunate enough to have a, a promotional winner of the league in my second season. And I want to get this club. And I'm not going to happen this year. And I'm not going to happen next year. It could happen this year. Or it could happen next year. But who knows what my goal will I try And what I wake up every day trying to do is uh, establish this football club team, go and try and make us a one football club. Because if you look at this, and we could name Forest Greens and Cheltenham's and Lincoln Cities and, and you can go on they're probably and again I wish I knew exactly 10 12 I'm probably guessing that have been a National League club in League One current League One clubs that have been a National League club in the last 15 years so if if mm. they can all go and do it why can't we and that is the the drive and the ambition because we me the whole staff the players the club we, we're not we're not we're not standing still. We're not standing still. <laughs> Excellent. I know before the match, at the warm-up sessions, you're kind of um, you're out saying hello to various people in the crowd, especially the little kids. That's a really good hook um, to to get those kids um, important there. And I, I I see it as you you at the end of the match where you're coming around giving everyone a, a wave and a, and a clap, you're kind of taking names, checking who's 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 still there. Um, <laughs> But how important is the fan engagement to you? I mean, I know you, 
the, the, the meet the manager and the quiz quiz thing every now and then, which I think Gab, Gab thinks is every every week or something. Um, but but how important is is the uh, fan engagement to you? Absolutely massive because without them we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. Uh, the, the success that we've had, everyone uh, in every aspect of the football club has played their part, uh, and the supporters, especially at home, have been superb. Uh, and then away from home in their numbers as well, and, and the voice and going over to my heart report the, the weekend was special again and really behind us. Um, so I feel it's vitally important. And there's so many, like you say, aspects of the the, the, the support. You come out of the tunnel to do your interviews after the game. There'll be quite a lot of kids hanging around for pictures, for autographs, and um, you know it's great to, to mingle with them and, and, and the youth sections and the academy uh, kids that come and watch us. And then, you know, we could always go into the bar and try if we can, possibly can to catch strikers a key. Uh, it all depends on, on what time the opposition manager leave our office, whether we can get in there or not. But as soon as they do leave, we, we can't get in there quick enough to try and catch the end of strikers a key and mingle in the main bar. And then, and then we go and mingle with the vice presidents as well, myself and Jason, the rest of the staff. Um, and that's just on a match day. As you say, you're going round before the game, the warm-ups, after the game. You're trying to say hello to as many as you possibly can because um, they're so supportive. Everyone is, uh, and we're all in it together. And uh, it's really important that we have that that um, community spirit and that we're all in it together. You forgot about the the brilliant podcast, but okay, we'll let that go. We'll <laughs> let that slide. <laughs> yeah. I was um, finishing that, Mike. <laughs> um, on on that note, I will wrap it up for you now. Let you enjoy the rest of your evening. Um, thank you for your time. It is really really appreciated. Um, thanks everyone for listening and don't forget to follow, comment, like and share on any of the socials at Sutton Podcast. But for now, Matt, thank you very much and I hope the rest of the season pans out as we're expecting. No, brilliant. Thanks for what you're doing as well, Mike. You've been absolutely brilliant anytime. And uh, yeah, let's kick on all together, last 16 games and see where it takes us. Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.